Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is episode 72 and we're tackling COVID. We're going to talk about the variants of it, like Delta, and I'm going to let Dr. Carmen take it over. All right. So I wanted to take this opportunity to visit with you guys a little bit about COVID because COVID cases are on the increase right um across the board but definitely um here in oklahoma as well and kind of explaining what this delta variant is and how it kind of came about okay and then we can kind of go into some other things so uh, when we're thinking about viruses in general right? i just want to talk about like how viruses work if you will or what they're programmed to do so um it's an organism right it's a microorganism just like any other um, bug or pathogen, um, but it's also, it has, it's programmed to survive, right? It's programmed to stay alive. Um, so just like, you know, we think we are programmed, right, for survival mode um, as mammals, this has the same programming in viruses. And so the idea behind the viruses is uh, once it um, occupies a host, right and it begins to grow and thrive it wants to occupy other hosts Mm -hmm. um so that virus can continue to thrive and grow okay now if that host dies that it's not necessarily in the um for the benefit of the virus because the virus is hoping that it can occupy right it can spread it can expose uh more hosts um so it can multiply Mm -hmm. so over time viruses in general so influenza does this as well so do the common cold we have different strains that's all variants are they're different strains um and those strains occur because of the mutation that says hey i want to thrive and survive so i'm going to become more infectious Okay. So that means that it's more contagious, if you will, or it's easier to, um, uh, for that virus to occupy the host. Um, so it has adaptations where, um, it can attach to cells quicker, more efficiently, and then create and begin to multiply, right. To infect that host. It also creates, um, uh, uh, mechanisms uh, in which that it can be spread more. So things like sneezing, coughing, right, runny noses. Um, oftentimes, viruses will create those symptoms so that they can uh, expose other hosts and you know be infected by other hosts mm-hmm. and or infect other hosts. And so it finds ways to be a little bit more infectious. But um, as the virus continues to grow, it, like I said, it wants to be less pathogenic. So it's less likely to kill the host. So um, tell us what pathogenic means. 
So pathogenic means uh, essentially deadly, right? Essentially, it's a more severe, more severe illness. Um, Yeah, essentially, it would be more um, deadly. So, um, so we're seeing that now with COVID, right? It's, It's the sort of the natural progression of viruses is that um, it's becoming more infectious. So we're seeing more and more um, uh, people getting infected because those, those symptoms now are a little bit milder than they were um, back in 2019, right? It's still uh, occupying the similar cells, uh, those ACE receptors on our cells, in our lungs, um, in our nervous system, in our kidney, on our kidneys, but um, that maybe it may look like the symptoms may look like allergies, right? Like that runny nose, maybe like a mild, a lot of people thinking they're getting summer colds um, and it's, yeah, actually COVID because it's just a lot, a little bit of a milder symptom pattern. Um, And then um, the virus is doing that, right? So that it can, uh, you don't feel as sick. So you'll still go out in public and be around more people so that the virus has opportunity to infect more hosts. Yeah. Yeah. So tell the people, I think when I was in biochemistry, this was really helpful to understand how viruses, like what goes on, like in terms of like a virus is this organism that comes yes. to my body and then it attaches to my cell, like explaining that. So people understand like how it works. Like from what I understand is it attaches to the cell and then it makes its way into our DNA code. Yes. Right. And yes. Then, our DNA code is constantly unwinding, making new cells, right? And it takes that piece of information that it's put into our DNA code and then it replicates out. Is that correct? Um, okay, almost. Understand that. <laughs> okay, so what a virus does, yeah, it attaches to our cells and then um, it inserts itself into our cell. It targets the nucleus of the cell, which okay. is where the DNA is stored, okay? okay. Um, that virus has its own set of instructions, its own um, DNA. In this case, we're talking about mRNA viruses. So it has its own mRNA, which the mRNA is like the factory. Okay. So like the DNA and the genes um, tell you what to make the factory actually makes it. Okay. Okay. So it inserts this um, RNA into the nucleus of the cell And so then it's the cell starts creating um, the pieces of the virus, okay? So it starts creating the capsid, which is kind of like the the capsule of the virus. It starts creating the, um, the, the, mm, I don't know in COVID if it's a tail, um, but it's like the appendages of the virus that actually attaches to the cells so that it can insert that mRNA into another cell. Okay. It's arms and it's legs. Yeah. Essentially it's telling the cell, Hey, make my capsule. Like if you imagine that kind of like a head, make my arms, it makes my legs. And then the virus, um, puts all those or puts those pieces together and it doesn't have a regulation button, right? So it's telling that cell, produce these mRNA or these uh, pieces, produce them, produce them, produce them until the, the cell um, uh, 
dies and then it releases those viruses out into the bloodstream so that they can attack other cells in the area. Okay. So um, that's sort of the, the realms are our immune system can't keep up then because then it becomes overwhelmed. Like we have a thousand soldiers and yes. now it's been invaded with a million. And exactly it's sick because it's like, I can't fight a million people. There's a thousand of us. Yes. So that's one component of it. The other component, and what, this is what's tricky with viruses, is because they insert themselves into that original cell or group of cells. Um, and so they are hidden from the immune system because while they're inside that cell, getting the cell to create all the pieces, the arms, the legs, and the capsule, um, then the immune system is still you know um doing its rounds right it's still looking for invaders but it can't find them because it's actually the virus is inside the cell okay. so until that cell ruptures and releases all those viruses that are already built together right okay. um the immune system is already at a little bit of a disadvantage and then because i want to drive this point home with people that's for a healthy active does not eat the American diet yes. person. Yes. So then we take a person who already has hand and I, yeah, I won't be judgy, but you take a person that has a handicapped immune system because of their personal choices, diet, lack of exercise, diabetes, high blood pressure, and their immune system has already been handicapped before this even happened. Exactly. So their soldiers are not, fit they're not a hundred percent right so um they may not have a thousand soldiers show up um they may only have a hundred soldiers show up um they may have uh that thousand but only a quarter of them are willing and able and ready yeah, to be able to fight anything off right um just because your immune system shows up it it has to be working right? It has to be optimal. Um, other, otherwise, it's not able to address um, the, the infection, right? Whatever it is. I wanted yes. to clear that up so people understood what was going on. So. Yes. Yeah. That's, um, that's how all viruses work, right? So even if it was the common cold or the flu or uh, another viral infection, um, that's sort of its mechanism of action. What's a little bit different with COVID is that um, it does target specific cells um, or specific receptors on the cells. Um, and since this is a, a new virus overall, we're getting to see the progression of that um, virus within our environment, mm -hmm. right? Uh, unfortunately, we're getting that firsthand experience now. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, so let's see. The other thing... Okay, so um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, not just with the Delta virus and with COVID, is that um, what we're also seeing is a lot of co-infections, okay? So because COVID has a tendency to overwhelm the immune system, right? So that cell ruptures, it releases all those viruses within the bloodstream, um, or the, yeah, those viral cells, and so they're attaching themselves to other uh uh, cells and doing the same thing. So if the, if the immune system is not on it, right, if it's not um, optimal and kind of 100%, then as those uh, 
that is there and active when the cell ruptures and releases those viruses, uh, those viral cells, and those viral cells inhabit in a new cell and goes back into a new cell to do the same thing. Um, the that window of opportunity the immune system had to target those cells may be gone. Okay. All right. So one more reason why we kind of have to be on top of it. Yeah. So and work with the optimal immune system. Um, the other fact is that oftentimes when our immune cell system is overwhelmed um, with this viral infection, um, it opens up the door for other co-infections. Because you don't have enough soldiers. Like if we go back to the war, I like, I like visuals, so I like the war scenario, right? Like if we're at war with, Kalamandu, I'm just making up places, right? Yeah. My soldiers are focusing on those soldiers. Mm -hmm. So then New Zealand can sneak up on my backside because I'm paying attention to these guys and start attacking. Exactly. Yes. And that's what we're seeing. Um, And there's a lot of, so um, that virus or whatever infection that may sneak up behind um, or it may already be in our body and it could just be an opportunist. It's just waiting for our immune system to be, to be so occupied that it's like, hey, this is my chance, right? So we're seeing those, those co-infections. So the co-infections with pneumonia or the flu, influenza A or B with strep um, uh, are often are making people sicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may not necessarily be the covid uh, the symptoms of COVID that are making people sick and ending them up in, or having them end up in the hospital, but it's those co-infections that are riding alongside it. So now your body is um, being asked to address two, sometimes even three different infections, right? It might be a bacterial infection, might be uh, two viral infections or, you know, a bacterial and a viral infection. And so um, it just, gets overwhelming and so that's why yeah it's a little bit uh can be challenging for our body to overcome that um because it's being bombarded from different directions by different pathogens at the same time right so we have covid they have a thousand soldiers we have strep throat they have a thousand soldiers and let's say pneumonia has a thousand soldiers yes yeah all i was ability to only I only had 200 soldiers to send out and now I'm having to battle 3000. Of course, they're going to overwhelm and it's going to take me a lot longer to try to like do some like just like survival. Yes. Yeah. And I'm seeing so to um, drive home, you know, the idea of of optimal health and trying to support our immune system and our body, right, with uh, the anti-inflammatory diet, you know, uh, making sure that we're not eating a lot of junk and creating a lot of inflammation in our body, because what we're seeing is those folks who have more inflammation are um, having worse outcomes, yeah. right, um, with surviving and with trying to um, overcome these infections. The other thing, especially in the summertime, dehydration, We've got to drink water, okay? Those folks who are like (laughs) they don't like I how I know I went to the drag races. Yeah, this little boy had a red fruit drink that he drank, 
because he was wrestling they were wrestling yeah and then he picks up a pepsi i'm like that's terrible parenting yes humans if you're listening to super judgy right there yes but that's not hydration that's sugar yeah that's inflammation and so i'm seeing those folks that um are dehydrated this is what we're seeing in the hospitals the people who are dehydrated um oh worse outcomes yeah um even if it's dehydration in the flu right doesn't even have to be covid um but if we're dehydrated because we're not drinking water because i mean people are it's summertime people are working out a lot are working outside they are sweating quite a bit um but even if you have a fever and you're sweating a lot or if you're vomiting a lot you've got to rehydrate with water not with tea and not with soda or beer yeah um because yeah if your cells are dehydrated um there's no way that they're able to keep up with that you know if they're having a a constant exposure if they're getting exposed to quite you know like to a lot of viral pathogens at once they they just can't do it right you're asking your body to protect you but you're not giving it any of the equipment to do it it's like oh you're sending those soldiers out there with with nothing you're like oh you're on your own body good luck yeah (laughs) sorry the enemy has uh ak-47s but you're gonna have to use your karate skills good luck exactly i mean it's and it's one of those things i mean you know we uh talk about it lighthearted, but it's directly translating you know um in the real world and how how people are surviving and um getting over their covid infections and their multiple uh pathogenic infections because yeah most of the ones that i'm seeing um and i'm hearing of in the hospital are it's not just one it's that two three infections and if you're dehydrated on top of that um yeah it, it doesn't look good and so those are things we can do on a regular basis right i mean we may take drinking water for granted or people um, I don't get this as much anymore, but at the beginning of my practice, I had a lot of people tell me, I just, I don't like the taste of water. I just, and it's like, okay, that's an excuse, right? Yeah. You're not five. Yeah. Let's figure out what it is you don't like about water. <laughs> is it because you're so used and you're addicted to sugar and you're, yeah. Um, it's like if you're comparing water to soda or water to sweet tea, okay. It doesn't taste the same, but um so we've got to do that's something different you're so sweet and that's why like i'm like totally like a coach and and a crossfit coach i'm like yeah i don't like paying taxes but i fucking do drink the water <laughs> drink some water yeah and there's a lot of um i'm seeing this now there's more like a lot of like iv hydration liquid iv like electrolytes in your water i mean you know we've had pedialyte gatorade powerade forever um, I mean, nothing beats just water, right? But if you need electrolytes, or especially if you're sick, electrolytes are really helpful. I mean, all those packages are really just fancy salt and potassium, yeah, which we can get from the grocery store. We can get Himalayan salt. We can yeah. get cream of tartar or low salt that has potassium in it and, you know, lemonade or, you know, lemons and make your own electrolyte drink. But you gotta drink water. Yeah. Even 
light because I get it. Like it does get like you kind of get bored drinking water all the time. I get it. Okay. Yeah. But I even like coconut water, and that has a ton of electrolytes in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, coconut water is an excellent, so I'm picky about coconut water because some companies will add sugar to coconut water. Coconut water is naturally already a little bit sweet. So don't get one with sugar in it. Um, that's not really helping you to be honest, but the pH of, um, coconut water is very similar to our red blood cells. Um, so it's an excellent way to stay hydrated. Yeah. Especially if people are sick or if you're sweating a lot um yeah coconut water works really well if you like the taste of it yeah or yeah. If, even if you don't your cells are gonna appreciate it. yeah because i have a lot of people are like oh i'm not thirsty i'm never thirsty right so i don't drink water oh yeah it doesn't matter whether if you're thirsty um that means you are already um 70 dehydrated right like you don't want to get thirsty right. um so to maintain that you still yeah, we've got to drink water. Yeah. Please don't get dehydrated and then get sick. Um, those are the folks that are having the hardest time right now. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's summertime. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. What else? All right. Let's see. Those were my big things that I wanted to cover um, today in this topic. Um, I'll open it up. Do you have any questions or? <laughs> well, I do. I want to understand if you want to answer this. Because I think to people that aren't really exposed to science, like that's not their profession. They don't spend time nerding out to it, right? Yeah. Like the message that's been provided is that the vaccine, uh, like some people, it just people don't understand, right? They don't, they just think it's going to stop and kill COVID if all of us get vaccinated, that it won't be around, right? Yes. And they think it means that they won't get it. Ah, okay. okay. And they think that it's better. And this is where I get a little irked is that they think it's better than our immune system, right? Because they don't understand the immune system and how the immune system works. So I get that, right? Like, so that's kind of like, I think, I think we just need to know from a neutral perspective, like how does our immune system work and how does a vaccine work? Because some people are comparing it to like, well, we should get the vaccine because we don't have polio now because everybody got vaccinated. Oh, okay. And so they think the same thing with this, where I saw a presentation that was polio, and I may be wrong on this, so correct me. Polio was just a human organism thing. And that's why we could end it somehow. Yes. But COVID is a mammal thing. And so the virus is like, fine, you humans don't want to um, house me for a while I'll house in your dogs and cats or whatever what other mammal yes but you can never like I'll as long as a mammal is alive I will be around but that may not be accurate so I think like help us people understand this um okay yes so that's a great question and and that is accurate to uh yes it is accurate accurate as far as like the uh COVID virus versus polio is that we call those animal vectors Okay, in um, the science world. So if a virus doesn't have an animal vector and only goes from human to human, and you, yes, you vaccine, vaccinate all the humans, there aren't hosts available for that virus to um, occupy or invade, 
right? Um, And so this is exactly with COVID. This is the reason with influenza too, right? Like we've heard of influenza, the flu, we've heard of the bird flu, we've heard of the pig flu. Um, The influenza um, has different animal vectors, right? They- Like West Nile. Yes, yep. Mosquitoes, um, uh, horses, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, So they have different animal vectors. So as long as there's animal vectors available, um, that virus is going to continue to grow. It's not going to be eradicated unless we had some way of vaccinating all of the mammals. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so some viruses, like just let me take the flu, for example, will mutate to different animal vectors, right? Like I said, the swine flu, the bird flu. Um, we do know that it has a tendency to use bats as an animal vector and bats um, DNA is very similar to humans or their yeah, uh, immune processes are very similar to humans. Um, but that um, influenza has mutated to occupy pigs and occupy other birds and ducks and chickens and all this stuff, right? Okay. And we know early on with COVID um, that it was occupying, I think it was chickens or ducks in the markets in China. Um, and so it, it um, it, we know that it has animal vectors, okay. right? Um, so not just mammals, because so if it goes to chickens and birds, right, it's, they're just animal vectors. So um, you can't compare the vaccine progress with polio to be the, with the vaccine progress of COVID. Um, you're comparing only a human. Yeah. Is it a virus? Uh, yes, polio virus. Yes. Yes. So it's yeah. only, and it couldn't go to animals. So, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. yeah. If you're trying to do that. Yeah. There's other, um, yes. Okay. So I was gonna say there's other viruses, um, that are similar that I, we can't say that they've, um, eradicated them with vaccines, but they've drastically reduced the, um, the, more bit mortality of them in humans so like the hib vaccine with kids the haemophilus influenza um back in the 80s babies were dying from hib um and so then they started the vaccine regimen um and now yeah we don't have to worry about that um as much as we did even yeah 30 40 years ago Yeah. yeah so but it didn't have animal vectors Okay. So, uh, so yes, that to understand that is very important um, because then it helps us to kind of keep um, our understanding and kind of what are our realistic expectations, right, of this vaccine. Yeah. Um, or any vaccines, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, the idea. So, the idea behind vaccines is that. Um, it and COVID's a little bit different than other vaccines that we've had in the past, right? Because you guys have probably heard it's an RNA virus or an RNA vaccine. Um, and so it is um, creating the opportunity when we become vaccinated um, with COVID, creating the opportunity for our cells to, um, it takes that RNA a lot like the virus injects RNA into our body and makes those spike proteins, which is part of um, the like arms and legs, if you will, of the virus. Mm -hmm. And so um, with the vaccine, instead of the virus 
telling your body to create those spike proteins. Now this inject and this vaccine is giving the body the messages to do that. So then your body creates these spike proteins. Well, when the cell ruptures, okay, instead of the whole virus being released, now it's just these spike proteins that are floating around your immune system. Those soldiers are, um, on, on, uh, uh, on guard, right? Like they're doing their rounds. Yeah. And uh, they see these spike proteins and they're like, hey, these spike proteins shouldn't be here. So then they create, they mount a response to those spike proteins, right? Well, what is, what? Well, antibodies, right? Yes, antibodies. So what is awesome about the design of our immune system is that those antibodies have a memory. Okay. So that if we're exposed to spike proteins in the future, our body says, hey, We've seen these before. These are not supposed to be here. You know, send out the soldiers. Okay. okay? So the idea is that um, your immune system can get ahead of it uh, while, because it's already on the lookout for spike proteins. Okay. So that when the virus attaches to that original cell and sends the RNA and gets that cell to replicate um, all the pieces. Uh, before it hides in that cell, your immune system is already on alert and catches it early before it's able to, yeah, um, produce even more viruses, viral cells. So there's still people that get vaccinated are still going to get it. It's just their immune system. uh, Their soldiers already have a map of where the enemy is going to be hiding. Exactly. It doesn't keep you from getting sick. Um, I mean, it doesn't keep you from not getting COVID. Um, so that's why a lot of people were like, oh gosh, you know, I got the vaccine, um, and thinking I wouldn't have to worry about COVID. I wouldn't have to get as sick as, you know, everybody else I see getting sick. Um, and it doesn't keep you, it doesn't protect you from getting COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, it gives your immune system that roadmap. It helps those soldiers have that memory of those antibodies that says, Hey, yeah, we've seen this before. We know that it's not supposed to be here. Let's attack. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is if it attacks, um, if it's on alert, then, um, you're less likely to get as ill. Yeah. Yes. So that's the goal of the vaccines in general. So, um, a lot of folks, I mean, we're seeing the statistics, right? Like of all the hospitalizations of COVID they're comparing those who are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Well, it's kind of silly to compare that because it's like, well, it's not going to protect them. And now that we've kind of, um, I don't know, the vaccine's been out since January, we're in what, month seven now? Um, We're starting to see uh, the actual effectiveness of these vaccines. And so um, I I don't know that I'm going to say this right, so I kind of hate to say it, but um, you can look it up. <laughs> um, but I think uh, the latest numbers are that the Johnson & Johnson is now um, considered 40% effective. And the, um, I don't know if the other one is the Moderna or Pfizer. I want to say it's Pfizer, but it um, is now, uh, they're calculating it like 68, not quite 70%. Yeah. Um uh, effective, right? Mm-hmm. So 
we didn't have those numbers before, right? Because all they were saying it was 98% effective based yeah. on what was in the lab and what was in a Petri dish. So yeah. now that we're, yeah, um, getting the data from human vectors, right. uh, yeah, they're getting a better picture as to what that looks like. Yeah. So what's different with folks who are not vaccinated, right? Um, and the importance of having your immune system be optimal is that your immune system can still create those antibodies, right? It can still send out those soldiers, recognize the COVID virus and that spike protein is not, is foreign and not part of us. Um, just as uh, effectively, uh, if your immune system is 100% optimal, right? If your immune system is a little bit sluggish, it's going to be a slower process. Right. Um, but your immune system is built to recognize things that are not foreign. Um, our body, yeah, um, doesn't have those spike proteins. And so um, it would be, yeah, uh, a little bit a similar process and the, the immune system is doing the same thing. It's just kind of a matter of timing um, that's a little bit different. So for those of us that have had COVID, right, yes. it's essentially like instead of me taking the vaccine and having these spike proteins so my soldiers could have a roadmap and knew what military equipment to bring, right, yes. I just went ahead and took the enemy in. And now it knows if I'm exposed to it again, like, oh, we know you. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the same concept as a vaccine. I just took a harder hit by the enemy versus pieces of the enemy. Exactly, exactly, yes. Yeah, that's how our immune system works is that um, if you've already been exposed and you've already had COVID, um, your body has those memory cells. You've created the antibodies, mm -hmm. okay? Now, what's different with uh, potential future exposures is that if the variants are different, um, those spike bike proteins might look a little bit different. The immune system will still recognize them, right? Mm -hmm. So again, your immune system's already on alert, alert. So it's um, more likely you'll have less symptoms because your body's already on top of it. Um, it's just that that spike protein, what your immune system has memorized, it may only be 98, 97% of what the spike protein looks like now with these new strains. Okay. Yeah. So, and I mean, our body's very smart. So our body still says, hey, this is still something that shouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, so it'll still address it. Um, yeah, much like those antibodies um, uh, made by the vaccine will. What they don't know is how long those antibodies from the vaccine last, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they've, yeah, we don't know. What does that mean even? Like how long it lasts? Like, like how long my soldiers keep this information memorized? Like at what point do they forget? Is that what we're saying? Essentially, like at what point do they lose that map? Right, yeah, essentially. Does it, when my exposed to the virus, does my body, lose the map ever you're exposed to the virus right like i had covid my soldiers yeah. have the map like wouldn't they just always have that map well so technically um they could but what happens is that our body um tries to be very efficient 
Mm -hmm. right? So if you're not constantly getting exposed, your body says eventually, oh, we're exposed to all these other things. We have so much room to keep these maps. This one is less likely. We're going to archive it. Exactly. Okay. That yes. makes sense, right? Like I can, I have a file cabinet for my immune system and it's like, all right, these are what we've been exposed to. Here's all our maps. We haven't been exposed to chicken or whatever, chicken pot, yeah. right? Yeah. 30 years, we're just going to go ahead and archive that file. Exactly. Um, so you see this with other vaccines too, like um, the tetanus booster, right? Like they recommend the tetanus booster every 10 years uh, because after about, yeah, nine or 10 years, if you haven't been exposed to tetanus, your body's like, well, we don't need to keep this in the forefront, right? Yeah, let's archive it. So that's why they recommend. Um, boosters like that is because your body's, I mean, we're exposed to things on a daily basis, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes our body is healthy enough to uh, not let that bacteria, that parasite, that pathogen, the virus take hold, um, and create uh, a level of, of illness in our body. And so, um, it, it's constantly on alert. So it has to be efficient and figure out, okay, what is the priority in, in terms of what I should be looking for um, that's foreign? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Does that help? Perfect. Yeah. Hopefully that gives folks a little bit better understanding of, yeah, um, kind of what to expect, you know, how our um, body reacts to the vaccines, how they react to viruses and uh, viruses, yeah, specifically COVID, and even, you know, these variants, what does this mean? Um, and even what does it mean in the future? Yeah, um, that may be a little bit unknown, or what are we, yeah, uh, to expect, so. Cool, yeah, thank you, Dr. Carmen. All right, you're welcome, thanks. All right, we'll see you guys next week. If you have any, um, we would love if you guys could leave us a review on wherever you're listening to. That helps um, move our podcast up in the charts so people can actually get exposed to our podcast and we can spread the information. Um, that's what our hope is. So we appreciate you guys taking the time to leave us reviews. Yeah, thank you. Do you love reading books? Of course you do. So do we. That's why we started a book club. It's a monthly subscription where you receive a box that has really fun prizes or gifts in it that go along with that month's theme and we rotate our books. One month we read a book about body, mind, and then soul. It's so fun to have this community of people that are interested in holistic wellness and we get to talk about all sorts of different topics based on that month and just getting everybody's different perspective. So if you're looking for a community of holistic-minded people and you love reading, this is gonna be the best community for you. It's so fun. Our members just talk about how fun it is to receive each month's box with a surprise book and a surprise gift. We meet via Zoom only twice a month to discuss the book. So if you're interested, go to thriveandalignhealing.com forward slash book club to join and we look forward to seeing you in the months to come.